Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Harrison Boone Podcast. Just her client's house. Yeah, well, Just she's a client. Lovely bird. She's a real estate agent. And she's, um, we were conversating and I said, look, I've got to be quick because I've got to do a podcast with Harrison from Maths. And she said, what? How easy, and she started asking me about you, you know, and I'm like, no, nah, he's a good bloke. Everyone's got a big misconception about him because of, you know, the way they've edited everything and, and because of the agenda that they're trying to push out against men, to masculinate men, to make us look like we're, you know, aggressive and, and narcissistic and things like that, and, you know, and it's all for an agenda. To, um, so that there's no real men around to save the women and the children when it comes time for it. And, and she's listening and she's like, so how is he really? I'm like, he's a fucking sick cunt. He's a top bloke, you know? So he's actually a really good guy. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just the way they've edited the show to make him out to be that way. But really, you can see right through it. If you got, you know... If, no, no, I'm actually an asshole in real life. I'll bet you are. <laughs> <That's> um, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. So I'm sitting here with great Ibrahim which is probably the most unique name I've ever heard. Great. Yeah, your first name is actually Great. Yeah, man. G-R-E-A-T, spelled <laughs> yeah, the same so way. you're already the best at everything, just by default. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you have to be the best at everything to well, keep up to the name, right? Uh, yeah, well, it's, look, it, I don't even bother trying, bro, because it, <laughs> there's no way you could keep up to that level, but you know what, man? You can't be great at everything, but you can. Because that's your name. Well, I am great at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Aren't I? Yeah. Well, the worst I've been called out of many is not so. Ah, oh, right. So when, right. He, when he said that yeah, to me, I was like... Yeah, it put down, didn't it? It was, yeah. No, and I didn't take that lightly, but yeah. Well, it's, all, with you. it's amazing how um, a little comment can stay with you. Yeah, well, it's... And to, to the person that threw that comment away, it probably was nothing to them. But it's, it's been, with you, doesn't it? It's been 24 years. You still got it? Yeah. yeah. I, I think about it all the time, mate. I don't let it go. Ah, uh, right, right, right. So when I was younger, um, 
I had a, a friend that lived down the road from us. I grew up in Castle Crag. Like the first part of my childhood was in Castle Crag before we moved out to Dural. And um, I had this this friend that I used to catch the bus with. We went to different schools. We were quite quite close to us. And his dad said to me one day, he um, oh, I think we were trying to watch a movie or something. And I had I wanted to watch a certain movie or whatever. And, it was his house and his, his television and he, he wanted to watch what he wanted to watch and he and I said well, why don't we just watch what I want to watch <laughs> like, funny I was just that. a smart ass here right <laughs> he turned to me and he goes Harrison you have too much to say and <laughs> it's been like probably the same amount of time you've held out of that comment I've held onto that and now I just don't give any fucks yeah <laughs> like, well yeah I just felt like well if if I was going to have too much to say as a child, why change as that all? No, well, that's your and nature at the end of the day. So. How good's that? Yeah. So you've made it yeah. a profession. Yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> you turned lemons yeah, into lemonade, so, mate. So you know who you are if you're listening to X on your face. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So, so mate, tell me um, obviously, for anyone listening, we're going to go into quite a dark place tonight where. We're going to address the, the, the effect that domestic violence has on men and also how children are disaffected by those relationships. So whenever you're ready, tell us your story. All right, so it, there's a bit of, you know, a bit of this, a bit of that. So what I mean by that is it, it's a bit of the ex-wife and then it, it trickles down to the ex-girlfriend after the breakup of the marriage, and right? You're in, a, you're in a new relationship now. New relationship at the moment. She's the best girl I could ever ask for, more than what I would ever wish for. And yeah, it's been a hard road, man. It's been a hard road, you know, to get to, to here at this point now and still struggle. And we're still on Struggle Street. Not, not me and the missus, me and the boys, because now I have full custody of the boys, full time care of my two young ones, five and six. Which is very rare that a male will get full custody of children. Yeah, it's very well, rare. Well, I'm I'm lucky because we didn't go through court for that. She she just couldn't handle them anymore, um, and so she's just dumped them on the footpath, drove off, and left me with them. Heartbreaking. Yeah, it is heartbreaking. And she actually said to them that you know you're too naughty for me. I'll come back when you're ten. They they have they have no idea of what how long that is so they were just expecting a week or two or three or whatever and then she was going to come back but these abandonment issues they have now coupled with their autism their ADHD ODD and, what, would, and what would have happened to those two boys if you weren't in a position to take them well the message that my sister got on her phone was if you don't take the boys I'm taking them to the police station and so, then they would have wound up in the government system yeah but I think that was just a threat she was just, you know, I guess crying out for help, but in the wrong way, right. you know, right. she was going the wrong way about it. If she told me, look, my boys have issues, I need help, can you co-parent with me? Mate, fine. But this is where the dilemma is, right? Before that, I didn't see them for 10 months. Why? Because the, the weekend that they were with me, I ended up in hospital and I said, well, you need to come and get your boys... She was obviously out for the weekend with her, with her new partner and she, was, she didn't answer her phone for hours. And then she's like, oh, you always fuck me up and blah, excuse the language, she, you always stuff me up and, and whatnot. So she, to punish me, she didn't let me see my kids for 10 months. 
And then, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she know. comes and dumps on dumps them on the footpath, drives off. I wasn't even home. Lucky, my sister's boyfriend was home at the time, who wow. I was staying with, because I was staying with my sister at like, the time. So a complete lack of care for her own children. Yeah, well, I guess she just went about it in the wrong way. Mm. She cares about it. I I'll won't say, say I won't I won't say she doesn't care about him because you know it's not true. She does love him and care about him, but she's gone about things in the wrong way. And then labelled me a shit father, a rat, a dog, a scum, all the names under the sun. I'm used to that from her. When all she had to do was say, can you help me? You know, and I, I was, I'd gladly take him. I used to take him every weekend. Every weekend. I'd have no life. I'd go to work all week. So where did they keeping them from you for 10 months start? Because... How did that arise? Because I, I, I told her to get him early that weekend because I was in hospital. So it's one of the major issues in the breakup between you know, father and mother with children. One of the major issues is the woman then uses the children as leverage against the man. Too much. For finances, for time off with, from the children, for all sorts of things. And it's like kind of like the unspoken thing amongst you know, single dads is just how much they get leveraged using the children Too much. from the mothers. Yeah. Well, that that's not the first time, you know. Before that, it was one month, two months, here and there, three months, and that was similar the longest. Things, similar things have happened, not not to that extreme, but I've had um, my ex contact me and say, "Hey, can you have August our son for the weekend? You know, these dates because I have something on, and I will always go out of my way to make time for my son." Yeah, right? unless unless you're and in hospital, and it's amazing um, when it suits Sophie he's at my front door that weekend, right? But when it's her turn to do the driving because of our court arrangements, all of a sudden there's an excuse. Yeah, well, Oh, I can't do it for this reason, right? Yeah, well. So it's, 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 it's just really sad that the children get used as pawns. When too the much so. Yeah, when the relationship breaks down and they're oftentimes used as leverage against the father to get something out of the father that the woman wants. Definitely, and you know, I've got messages in my phone begging and pleading you know you you know you're not hurting me you're hurting the children you said to her yeah that i've said to my ex-wife i said mate you're hurting the kids you're hurting the children yeah, by doing father, this. Right? yeah they need their father in their life they, they want to know that 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 both parents love them. they need to know that both parents love them care about them and that they're safe Absolutely. with both their parents you Absolutely. know and they were they safe want, with me children want to see their parents get along even if they're not together they still want to see them get along 100 percent. right they used to say that to me and they're only they're only really young children, yeah. they're really young and they understood that mm. you know but look the system the system's made in such a way where it's given women so much power that they abuse it mm. that that's what i feel because you can't put it down to anything else if, if they didn't give them that amount of leverage above the, the fathers, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing to the men. I have a you friend, know what I mean? Um, I have a friend That's what who, I feel. I have a friend who I intend to get on the podcast at a later date to talk about his... Um, he's got quite a similar story with apprehended violence orders and the police. and He actually had his AVO overturned. Okay. Yeah, it's well, very rare to get an AVO overturned. I had my AVO against the kids overturned. Yes, um, which is why I know. wanted to talk to you about today. But he had his um, he had his AVO against him. So the person who needed protection was his ex-wife. Yeah, well, uh, and it's his, it's his story to tell. But uh, I'll, I'll just give you the yeah. I'll just give you the, the gist is that 
he had his ABL against his ex-wife overturned for lack of evidence. There's no evidence that she was ever in danger of him. And the only reason she did it was to try and keep him from his kids. And now it's always like they live in the same town now and it's always like, oh, can you have the kids? Can you have the kids? And it's like, well, now it suits you that I'm around and that there's no ABL anymore. Now it suits you that you can just drop the kids off to me like I'm some babysitter. Even though I'm, I'm their father, I'm some babysitter for the children whenever you need When it suits you. But, but before, or like it was this big deal that you were afraid and you know, you know what I mean? You were playing this whole game. Victim. The, this, this game with the, the police in order to try and keep the children away from me. And now that we've worked our issues out, now it's all of a sudden I'm the best, easiest free babysitter in the world. And that's, a, that's another issue. And that's, that's exactly what happens. But the, the other issue is, Harrison, the police just take it on themselves, even if there's no evidence, no anything, to just off the bat give the AVO to the man. You know, well, that the woman's in, the victim automatically. In the most domestic violence or domestic abuse or even just domestic dispute cases, the woman is the victim to male behaviour. And like, as men, we need to change that. We need to wear that and we need to change that. Alright, well, it comes down to getting along. Alright, and pushing buttons. Because if you but can't if you can't understand each other, then then you know, then you should work on yourselves. You should seek therapy and things like that, maybe counselling, those kind of things. I totally agree with what you're saying. It's true. Men men are a different build. We're a different the, our our genes are different, our makeup's different, so our reactions are going to be different, you know. So in, in, in certain situations, we're we're built to to protect them and yeah, why differently? Exactly. Thanks for for you know giving me the word, but yeah, we are actually wired differently. But the way society has been um, conditioned to think, and and you know, it's been um, the blueprint for society now is different to what it used to be. Whereas, you know, the woman had a role, the man had a role, and it so worked. About traditional gender roles. Tra- traditional gender roles and traditional female roles. And I, I'm not, not saying that women aren't capable of doing anything or, or anything along those lines, but when something works, don't, don't try to fix it because this is where all the issues yeah, are stemming the third, from. The third wave of feminism you know? really tried to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, tr- pretty much. they ended up with, you know, a feminizing men and hyper-masculating females and it just doesn't that the trying to go too far against biological norms has actually failed time and time again well, but they just won't get it through their heads yeah well that that's then they keep trying and it keeps getting worse I, I i would be curious to hear your opinion on um or to see if you share my opinion on um women that make false rape allegations and women that abuse the dvo system should be charged because I feel like if you're going to, if you're going to f- make up and falsify a narrative to keep a father from his children, pretending that he was violent in some way, I feel like the woman should be charged for falsifying that. Because it's, it's no different to falsifying any other charge against someone. It's perjury at the end of the day. Correct. But there's no charge for women when it comes to false rape allegations. And there's no charge for false domestic violence allegations. Well, it should be. 
they should be 100 they, and they should be strict on that because what it does is it delegitimizes actual victims and their stories that's right yeah well that that's the that's the ugly part of it because then you know the the courts only push with the ladies and then when when the ladies backflip that's it it's dropped it's gone it's yeah, forgotten you know? uh, the, 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 the friend of mine I was telling you about earlier, the charges got dropped on the steps of the courtroom. Yeah, there you go. Because she, the ex-wife didn't want to go into the courtroom and, and have to try and actually keep trying to prove this false narrative. Yeah, well... And then that day... Why didn't she get charged, do you know? Exactly, that's the point. Yeah. Is that like, if you're going to waste the court's time, waste the police time for something that hasn't occurred, I feel like there should be some... Repercussion. Yes, well, there should be because then it'll stop. It will stop them falsifying. Well, future falsifications of of you know um, abuse and, and rape allegations and things like that of that nature, and then the real victims at least get a chance to to be heard and and you know dealt, like looked at properly and and sorted out in a so, in, so in the proper your way. That, so your ex wife and you. Have two, have three children. Three um, children together. Girl and two boys. Yeah, and the two boys um, are obviously they require a lot more attention than normal kids. Yeah. So. Uh, and I, sorry, I, I apologize if I've worded that in. Uh, no, well, look, not. I apologize if I've worded that. Not um, normal. Insensitively. What? What? I meant. I meant that they, they require more attention than the standard amount of attention that you know, needs that a child would normally have. That's that's fine. No offense taken. No, 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 no offense taken. I'm trying taken. to lead you into explaining. I totally get what you meant by it and there's no offense taken at all, Harrison. The thing with my boys is they've been red flagged for autism and ADHD over two years ago. Unfortunately, the system and, and when, when you're doing it tough, you know, you've got to wait on the public system and it takes forever. She tried doing that, but then, you know, it didn't work for her. And then it got to the point where she just couldn't handle him anymore. She just pumped him off to me. Now, I've done what she couldn't do in the last three months, what she couldn't do in three years. I've done it. So I've booked them into pediatricians. I've gone to see psychologists. I've, you know, I've linked them up with the, with the right schools. And we're, we've got the ball rolling. So... We're trying. We're trying to get them into the schools they need to be in with the supports that they need. So arguably, and things you're like taking that. better care of these boys than. She did her best, man. She did her best, but you know, I'm. I'm no, I'm just, I, 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 I just go. To congratulate single fathers. Man. Yeah, well, I, I go. I go hard. I don't stop, and I, I, we become homeless. We became homeless because I had to stop working. And I couldn't afford to pay rent anywhere. And Centrelink wouldn't give me money because she wouldn't admit that we're in my care. She wanted more payments from Centrelink. You know what I mean? So that's why we become Did homeless. Did you prove that they were in your care? I, I tried my best. The school wouldn't give me letters because they were saying, oh, how do we know where they go when we leave, when they leave the school? All we see is you picking them up and dropping them off. Or is dropping them off. proof that... And, and because I, I, I had my own doctor... They were seeing their doctor, so my doctor had just started seeing him. He said the same thing. He said, I don't know where they go when they leave you, so I can't write a letter for you. So, so how are you supposed to, to provide so, to... Well, that's the thing. They were trying to get in contact with her so she could relinquish, so she could say that I've relinquished care to the father. 
they, they eventually, do. six weeks later or, or two months later, got in contact with her and she said, yes, she did falsify the dates so that she didn't have to back pay and whatever, but that's okay, we let it go. But that, that's why we ended up homeless, man, because I couldn't work, I couldn't pay rent, I was, I was borrowing money to eat, you know? Was there a reason you couldn't work? Because I had the kids and it was during the holidays. And, you know, with, with tradies, we don't go back to work until the 7th. They were dropped off to me in December, just be, just after Christmas holiday. So uh, it was um, 26th of December, Boxing Day, that they were dropped off to me. I took them for 12 days. She said, don't bring them back. I, don't, I, don't, I can't take them back. My sister dropped them off at her house. And then two days later, she's dropped them back off and done the leg. I wasn't even home. She just dropped them a full path and legged it. Um, you know, so from that time, what I had a really heartbreaking story. To hear yeah, that. like the two children were abandoned at the front of the house. Yeah, and then and then from there, like mate, told me about it. We were all gobsmacked. We were all, look, she was crying out for help, but she didn't tell me what was going on. All she yeah, did was abuse me. You strike me as someone that would have done anything to help but that still, situation. But look, I'm homeless. I was homeless for the last, just up until last week. You know, Department of Housing done wonders for us and they got us on the priority list. And, you know, look, they got us off the street and, and kept us in hotel to hotel to hotel. But these, these add to the issues of the children as well because the displacement issues on top of the, you know, abandonment issues. It and creates the, more pressure in that environment. Yeah, and they're only small men. They're five and six years so old. You so saw, you would have seen the, the comings and goings of that system. Can I ask you, in your opinion, if you were a woman with both of those children? Looked after straight away. There was houses available. There was everything. All the services was available. I ranked so many different places. They said, sorry, we've got nowhere for men with children, single men with children. I kid you not, Harrison, there's nowhere available for single men with children. That, that's our system, mate. For women with children, they get it. They get everything handed to them on a silver platter. They even get told, well, my ex-wife told me, you know, with the breakup at the start, that the police were offering her money to, to go through with the AVO. She didn't want to go through with it. The police wanted to push it on it. But she knows we've never had a problem in nine years. You know, towards the end, there was a bit of issues, and and you know, we, we both decided that's, that, that's enough. The end of a relationship. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That's why it became the end. But there was a bit of issues between us, and we didn't see eye to eye anymore, and, and we just didn't get along. We fell out of love a long time ago. We both knew it. We were just together for the kids. We thought, look, you know what? You go your way, I'll go mine. Cops wanted it. They were begging her to put the, proceed with AVOs and things like that. They took it on themselves to put an AVO on. She didn't even bother with it, you know. They were asking her to do. How more. can they fill out an AVO on someone's behalf? They just do that. They just do it. They they do it, mate. That that's the sad part. Why don't you do it for a man that gets abused? You know. Ah, uh, look. Let let's bring it forward after the marriage. You know, I ended up. She ended up getting married not long after to another fella, and I found a girlfriend right after I don't know about a year or eight months or whatever it was. This girl, because I, I was depressed, lonely, missing my kids. I hadn't seen them for six months and things like that. You know, I was, I, I was really, really, really depressed, upset, and, and wouldn't eat, wouldn't sleep, you know, couldn't, didn't want to think, like, I, I couldn't, okay, yeah. so couldn't do anything. Yeah. So anyway, I found a girl, and then this one's a heavy drinker. I don't drink, smoke, hardly anything, right? Anyway, so... Moving forward a bit, she's had a bit of an episode. 
she came over to my house drunk one night. My kids were asleep. Threw, threw a pot plant on the window where the kids were sleeping, where their beds are. Did she so, know that's where they slept? Well, I don't know if she even cared. If she knew or not, it wasn't the point. She didn't even care. Like she, she yeah, was. Did she know whose bedroom she was throwing the pot plant? Well, yeah, but she was drunk off her head, so she probably. I've got the messages saying sorry, I was off my head and blah blah. I don't remember what I was doing, but that's just you know probably to get out of trouble. She, I was sitting with a friend because I had to call him because she was calling me all night, abusing me. So I called the mate because I get anxious now, especially after the breakup. I get anxious, yeah. Yep. I get worried about police doing what they do without, you know, even worrying about if the man's okay. So my mate's come over and he, he's consoling me and we're having a talk. And, um, you know, I've got, I've got issues that stem from when I was a kid because I got chopped up by, by 15 blokes and they all had machetes. So I've got a post-traumatic stress disorder from that already. And it's still with me till now. And so 15 guys with machetes, mate, come out all right, but still, it was a hard, it was a hard 10 years of, of that time. When I was 17 up until 27, you know, I, I, I had to go through a big mental battle. And I overcome it, no medication, no nothing, just strong mind, you know? Um, so healed from that, but not totally. <laughs> it still get the effects of PTSD. Anyway, so when, when she starts arcing up and over the phone and telling me she's gonna make trouble, I automatically get worried for one reason and one reason only. Because the police always believe the woman over the man, always, 100% of the time, and it's not fair. Anyway, she's telling me she's going to come over, and I know she's going to make trouble because I've witnessed her talk about other things previously. So I'm worried to call a mate, come over, and he's talking to me. As he's talking to me, my kids are asleep in the bedroom. She's come, I heard a bang on the window. I've only realised it was a pot plan after I've come outside, but before I come outside, she's come to the door, banging on the door. I've opened the door because I don't want the kids to wake up. She starts yapping and yapping, and then my mate's like come in the middle of us, and she's just gone crack straight into his mouth. So nice, a nice jab straight to the mouth, bleeding from the lip. He's like, hey, hey, hey. So we've kind of ushered her out to the door, and then it's continued so on. Was she in the apartment? She was in the apartment, yes, definitely. And then we've ushered her out towards the door and we said, look, come outside, the so kids are sleeping. she came assaulted your She's tried to get at me and then my mate, my mate who, was, who had come over to, to talk to me and whatever, console me, he's, he's now trying to get in the middle and she's just gone whacked straight into his mouth, Harrison. Right. Beauty, mate, straight into the lip. He's bleeding lip, he's like, and now we've both ushered her out the door it's continued on through the driveway. She's gone to her car. Then that's when I seen the, the pot plant on the window. That that's when I realised that that's what that's she what threw. The was. Yeah, right. that's what she had thrown. Because I seen it hanging off off the bars of the yep. window, right? Yep. So she's gone to her car, grabbed two bricks. She's right. come at me she had and bricks this, in the car. She had many bricks in the car. And she doesn't sound like a bricklayer to me. No, she's not a bricklayer. So she's Mate. intended to use them. I've got it on video. I've recorded her holding the bricks, saying, "I'm gonna, sm I'm gonna smash your windows." What was her reason for doing this? What was the motivation? Accusing me of cheating on her, and she's traumatized because her she was with her partner for ten years that was cheating on her every day. And she used to tell me that. So when she gets drunk, she starts thinking up crazy thoughts, and so she's she was accusing me. Got trust issues, insecurity, uh -huh. projecting that onto you. Hundred percent. 
willing to get violent, damaged property. A million percent. This, this I've is, actually, I've actually yeah. experienced this for myself. Yeah. Mate, and I'm telling you, I've got it on video recorded. I called the police. They came and did nothing about it. Mm. My mate got assaulted. They did nothing about that. She's gone and thrown those two bricks into my ute window. Boof, boof. You can clearly see it on the video. You can hear it clear as day. And, so and she drove it, off. You recorded it. And what was the next step? Did you call the police? We called the police. They came. Me, I didn't want to give a statement. I, I just don't like dealing with police. It gave me a lot of anxiety. Um, my mate spoke to them and I don't know, nothing come of it. Fast forward a few months later. If you had spoken to the police, because property was damaged, you could have gotten AVO against this I, person. I possibly could have. And then she would have been up for the damages. I possibly could have. But look, I grew up on the hard side of town, bro. No word of a lie. I don't. I don't it's like. Fine if you didn't want to go down that alley. I did. Know. I don't like calling yeah, police for anything. Yeah. You know. I thought. Look, she. She's a drunken idiot. Let her be. Okay. You know. I'll, I'll get rid of her eventually. She wouldn't leave it. Car windows. How we She paid for those. it the next day, so got it fixed. And I've got it in a text message admitting to breaking them, and I'll pay for it. Then, fast forward a few months later. It just seems so unnecessary. So. Same thing kept happening over and over again. She'd abuse me, abuse me, bash me in my house. And I'm not going to hit a woman. So I've let her, I've let her take out her frustrations or whatever because I can cop hits, you know. I'll just block them and, and laugh. I used, to, I used to have a laugh with it. Like, yeah, yeah, boot off. Like, yeah. It was entertainment for me to a degree. But it so did were, cause me anxiety. So you were trying to... Um you're trying to not let that behavior get to you. Exactly, because because of my PTSD, I learned how to put myself in a bubble, right, and block myself from from things that are gonna make me anxious and and upset or whatever. I guess it was just a natural thing for me. It developed over over a period of time. I developed that like a, a callous mind. Ba- basically, yes, you trauma. could exactly, and you know. Um, I, I, it does stem from when I was chopped up with the machetes and stuff like that because I used to think everyone after that happened I used to think everyone was trying to kill me so I used to shut myself off in a bubble and say yeah it was pretty hard man pretty hard 17 years old no mum and dad you know because dad and mum split up and dad took off and then mum ended up getting remarried she took off and then you know it was look tough life but anyway do you think, um, do you think your your parents breaking up and your dad leaving do you think that's one of the reasons why you're so dedicated to your children? Possibly. Not wanting to be like that? Possibly, but you know what? I, I don't think about that, and I don't say that that's the reason, but that's just me naturally. I love my kids dearly, and mm-hmm. I'll do anything for them anyway, Harrison. Same. You know, I, I, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a subconscious thing and it does stem from there. I can't say yes or no. But all I can say for sure is that I love them to death and I'll do anything for them at any given moment. Out of you all know? the things I've fucked up in life, the one thing I haven't fucked up is being a dad and I just refuse to make that mistake. Good on you, man. And, and you know what? Good on you. Hats off yeah, to you, too. man. You too. Good on you. Champion. Because you know what? Even, even with housing and docs and everyone that I've gone to help for, they've, they've congratulated me and said, mate, a lot of dads would have just given up by now but you system's hard yeah that system's very hard to navigate especially as a single dad yeah man you've done very well it was hard it was hard man it was so hard but they seen how much 
I cared about them and I'll fight for them, you know? Mm. So so they helped me with it. They mm. did they they did what they could on their end. Like you said, there would have been a lot of dads that just threw the towel in. Yeah, would have would have thrown the towel in, it's too yeah. hard, it's stacked like the all the the cards in the deck are all stacked against me as a single dad. Like like you said, if you were a if you were a woman that system's set up. Yeah, the Red. the the system's very much um, set up to give a much easier ride to single mothers. I saw it with, so for example, um, I rang my family lawyer when, um, when I split up with my, the mother of my child, I, I rang my family lawyer and I said, look, these are the, this is our agreement. And then, you know, my ex isn't sticking to any of these agreements. Like basically this is the amount of money I pay. This is the amount of driving I'm doing. This is the amount of driving she's willing to do. By court order is, or? No, so this is our original agreement, right? Yeah. So something we, we agreed to over email. Yeah. And I said, look, you know, every, every weekend it's her turn. It's not being adhered to. It's a pretty simple agreement. Like, and I, I wrote the agreement in her favor in hopes she would stick to this basic agreement. And my lawyer said, mate, you have to go to court. Get a court order. Don't hope for anything better than what you've agreed to already. He goes, it's tough out there for blokes. And that was my a family lawyer of 30 years. They know. That's what he said to me. They know. He goes, you know, you, you're not going to... He, he goes, you're going up against a system that's really designed to benefit the woman. Oh, 100%. And, and, and look, I think, I, think, I, think, um, I think in a lot of ways it's fair for single mothers to kind of like benefit from, you know, it's, it's a hard way, for, it's really hard for me to articulate this without sounding sexist. But I think, I think if, if the mother is going to take on the burden of raising a child and having a career and fending for herself... She needs that support. Right, she needs that support. 100%. And, and so I totally respect the system if it's set up to benefit in that way. But what I don't agree with is the system being set up to disadvantage fathers yeah. so much in the pursuit of benefiting the mother. I agree. I agree. You know, there's, there's like, like, like I was saying before, there was absolutely nothing for me as a single dad with two kids. That everything was set up just for the women. And, oh. and you know, look. Absolutely. They need help, but men, there's men out there that need help as well. Like, why we, if they want equality and, and everyone's equal and they're the same, then why is the system not that way? If that's what they're, you know, proclaiming. So you have full custody now of both the boys? Yeah, but not by court orders. It's just, she's relinquished care and it's in writing, so she, I do have I mean, 100% care of the children. Hard to try and Look, regain care now without your consent. I guess so, because docs themselves and and you know housing and everyone and facts and everyone the whole system knows what i've been through with these kids and that they've seen it firsthand what would you say it's so hard man i swear what would you say was the best service provided to you as a single father housing helped us a lot the department of housing yeah they got us in a house within three months and that's they put us at the priority on top of the list they did send us the hotel from hotel to hotel every week, sometimes every second day, sometimes every second week, like this depending on what the situation was. So it was always, and all I had was clothes because so I couldn't take anything else. Was, were they 
were they sourcing the hotel rooms yeah, for you? Yeah, they were. Was there ever a time where you'd stay in a room one night and they'd move you to a completely different hotel? Yeah, yeah. So you were basically living out of bags for three months with yeah. two children that require a lot of care. Attention and care, mate, a lot. And that's why I couldn't get back to work. And mate, I just have to take a moment to... to appreciate the, the gravity of what I'm hearing. Um, I can't imagine how hard that must have been with two little boys. Very You've hard. You've done very well. You've done extremely well. It's a credit to you as a person, as a father. Thanks, mate. You know what? I'll never give up on it. <laughs> as hard as it is. I never gave up on it, mate. I swear I never gave up on it, but I never will. You know, they, they've got these major issues, Harrison. They've got major issues, man. And I just I just pull through somehow. I just keep going. I say tomorrow's another day. I'll do what I can. I try to talk to them and explain things to them, but they've got issues, you know. Not, and I'm not trained in these fields. I'm not, you know, I'm, it, parents, they learn as they go to begin with. And... You know, when you've got kids that are troubled, it's even harder. It makes life harder. And then you've got all these other things to deal with as well, like Ooh. trying to find a school that will accept them because they're getting suspended every week. You know, and then trying to save up to buy a car because all I had was a youth that, you know, on a, on a single parent pension, that was hard. And then trying to get them, you know, um, the right therapy that they need. You've got to wait months on end before you even get uh, a diagnosis to start getting funding to be able to help them because everything else... That's public. You got a, It's a big waiting list. So like it was just, you know, I, I thought there was no light at the end of the tunnel at one point. What would you? What advice would you give to someone in your position at the start of this journey? You got to be strong. You you have to stay strong, mate, and just keep that faith. You know, and say that there's gonna be. It's it'll be all right. You're gonna get there, but. Even if you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel or you see no hope or you see it going nowhere, it, it's it's a slow, really slow process, but it will get there as long as you take the right steps to, to get there. Like, you're not going to get to a certain place if you don't follow that road, you know, and if you don't take the steps to get to that place, you're not going to get there at all. And even though you're, you might feel lost or, or you know, that there's, um, there's no light there, slowly it'll come but you've got to take the right steps you've got to make the right decisions you've got to just hold on and be strong and you'll get there eventually then that's what happened with us you know so taking the right steps and talking to the right people it's all it's all touch and feel as you go you know you don't know who to start with and then you go to one the one one department and they'll tell you you've got to do this first and then that department tells you no you've got to go back to this place and you've got to sort this out first and it's like I had so much different things to, to sort out that I, I thought there was no hope at all, but then slowly everything come together. You just start working it out. You know, you gotta stay strong, you gotta stay focused, and you gotta have a lot of patience, mate. A lot of patience. You know, and just say, you know what? It, it's gonna get there. It'll be all right, and have that faith, you know, and stay strong. And that, that's where we're at now. Like we're at the point where you know, we're getting a pediatrician's appointment soon, so they're gonna get the diagnosis they need for for 
you know, to get the help that they need and to get into the schools they need to be in and all that stuff. So it's a slow process, but it will get there. You know, you just got to take the right steps and, and stay positive. You can't lose hope and you can't lose faith. And, mate, it happens, you know, just it'll come. Yeah. Has there been any more drama with the violent ex? Um, look, I, the last time I had an interaction with her, she attacked me in my house, scratched up my whole face, um, and I, I, was, I was nursing a torn calf muscle at the time, and I had two inguinal hernias left and right uh, that I was waiting a surgery for. Now, she'd come to my house again, accusing me of cheating and whatnot, started kicking down my microphone and my recording equipment because I, I, I write and produce music as well, and I record artists as well. Um, she's breaking my equipment. I've, I've jumped up to, to grab my microphone and she started attacking me. Now, I, I, I'm hopping along because of my torn calf muscle and she's a lot heavier than I was. So she was a bigger girl. And, you know, I don't look at people for their, you know, bodies or whatever. She had a nice personality when she wasn't drunk. But when she'd drink, she'd change for some unforeseen, un unknown reason, right? So anyway, I've, I've grabbed her by the arms and I'm pulling her out of the house and she's trying to get away and I'm grabbing her by the shirt and trying to drag her out of my house, keep me from getting attacked. So anyway, she, assaulted, she assaulted you first yeah, she's trying to score her off the property? 100%. Okay. And so as, as I've done that, I've finally, for... finally got her out of my house after a bit of a struggle. And I told her, I'm calling the police. And she said, I'm going to call them as well. And I'm going to tell them you bashed me and blah, blah. So she's yeah, whatever. with turning the tables on you. 100%. And then so I'm, she's, she's, I didn't she's, care because okay. I had nothing to worry about. Right, right. I called the police. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. I guess maybe because I'm a man complaining about a woman, they took so long to come to my house. Was there ever an instance where she called them on you? No, never. Not once. I've, I've called them on her. I've got 17 event numbers, Harrison. 17, 17 event numbers with nothing eventuated from wow. those numbers. What do you think would have happened if she called them on you? Like, say the roles were reversed. Well, this is what, what happened, do you think right? Would have happened? Later on that night, her, her friend called an ambulance for her because she was having anxiety and panic attacks. And and her friend's a nurse and then when the ambulance came they, she said oh she, she had a fight for a boyfriend they automatically called the police and then she conjured up some story because she she knew that I was going to charge her right so she I, I know her I know how she is she used to tell me stories about how conniving she is about how she'd make up things and her and her cousin will get together and make fake accounts on Facebook and Instagram and stalk people and, and kill people's lives you know she used to tell me those things so I know exactly how her mind works. Her mum's a psychologist and, and a solicitor. And her mum used to train her in what to say and how to act if she ever gets caught by police or things like that. So she's a real conniving girl we're talking about. We're not talking about just your average chick. She's a really conniving woman. All right? So she's her, her cousin, who's just as conniving, and her friend, who's also just as conniving because you don't click with those kind of people if you're no, not like that, right? Together, right? Yeah, well, exactly. So they've come up with a story over, over a bottle of vodka. Cops can't believe her story. Didn't even get a chance to give my story because they didn't even come to my house. Okay. 
right? So they didn't even come to my house. No, they didn't even come to my house. So a few days later, I'm pulled over and they charge. They said, "Oh, you great, Ibrahim, you're under arrest." Boom, straight in the lockup. Now I went. I went from the police cells to straight to jail because no one knew where I was and and they wouldn't let me access my phone to give a phone call to my family members so that I could say, you know, I'm I'm locked up. Someone come and get me out. I'm on. Uh, you know, I got granted bail, but there was no one to come and bail me out because I couldn't reach anyone. I couldn't access my phone. I didn't know the phone numbers off by heart. So I'm in jail for ten days, while I've got a torn calf muscle and hernias, and I'm on blood thinners as well. So they had to prove that I was on blood thinners and, and give me the shots and that the for for my oh sorry because I had a blood clot where the torn calf muscle was, so I was on blood thinners as well. So now I can hardly walk, and I'm in sitting in jail, and I get surrounded by. Did they tell you what the charge was? Uh, grievous bodily harm and assault because of the bruise on her arm. But she's made up a story that I've put her le- head between my legs and bashed her in the head ten times. Not what? a scratch, not a scratch on her face, not a not a lump on her head. I've got a torn calf muscle and two inguinal hernias in my groin. I can't even squeeze my legs. I, I could hardly walk, let alone put this heavy girl between my legs and start bashing her. I couldn't do it. I had to conjure up every bit of energy I had to get her out of that door. And I was just like, you know, dancing around for her to come and get me towards the door so she could get closer to the door. So she was assaulting you. She told the police you assaulted her and now you're sitting in jail for an assault you didn't commit. For me being assaulted. That's insane. Yeah, well, that's the system. Go inside. I'm asking the boys, what are you in for? AVO, AVO, AVO. When I asked you earlier how you think it would have gone if the roles were reversed and you were a woman, you've just answered, the, answered that question perfectly. There you go. And, and, and they don't even care if it's a lie. The copper knew, the copper would have known she was lying or, or she would have had That's an idea. State of you. Yeah, or, or even known that she was drunk while she was making that statement, which is not allowed to begin with. If you're intoxicated, how can you be making a statement? The copper defended that when we pointed out that what in court. Did the, co- did the police not at any point question why the statement was being made so long after the fact as well well they don't yeah, care they don't care Harrison address. they don't care what, what about what about my phone call why didn't the police come to my house yeah yeah I just I just find um, I just find the story very very confronting on just how easy it is to villainize the male off the bat and how easy it is to in, in this case, falsely victimise the woman. There's an agenda, mate. I'm telling you, it's, it, there's an agenda. There, there, there is... Police get paid... They, I've heard this from somewhere in the system. The police get paid per AVO on men, but not yeah, if there's an AVO on women. There's always rumours, though. There's like, speculation. There's, there's it's speculation. There's rumours patrol get paid per ticket as well. You know what I mean? Like, there's always yeah. people that are going to say things... I Look, don't, um, it is speculation, but yeah, I wouldn't yeah. put it, I wouldn't put it past it because you know why are they so adamant, why are they so hard on men and not the women that are actually I've, abusive I've heard, women. I've heard every every guy I've spoken to that's been in this situation, and, and the the startling fact is there's a lot of men out there that have been in similar positions to you, where a woman's threatened or has carried through with an ABO. Um, I've been in that situation. I've been in that situation. That's um, my ex did a podcast 
right? Excuse me. And was then worried about me putting the truth out there, which would have undermined the podcast. So she went to the police station and tried to take out an AVO on me. Well, well, and what, what, and what was her reason for doing the so? The police laughed at her. I live five hours away. There's no threat to violence. Yeah, well, that's it. There's... But again, it just shows how willing women are to abuse the system. Well, you know what? In, in saying that, going back to the ex-wife, all these abusive messages that I've got from her, I showed docs these messages, and they're like, you know what? Because she's saying what she's saying and threatening you with all this stuff, you can actually take an AVO out on her. You know what I said to them? I'm not going to bother. The police won't do it. The police won't do it. And well, I know they I won't, person, it's because got, of personal experience. Well, this is the mother of your kids. Well, mate, no, you want to talk about a strong case. I showed the coppers the videos of her throwing bricks through my windows coming into my house after I got charged as well. So even after I got charged and an AVO was placed against me to protect her, she's coming into my house. I'm recording her. Please get out of my house. Please get out of my house. She wouldn't leave. That didn't even suffice for an AVO. So what would text messages suffice they wouldn't, they, yeah, there's no so, way they would suffice. It's such a double standard. Mate, I showed them videos, video if footage. That was you at her house doing that. Brother, I'll be locked up arrested. in a sec. Yeah. They locked me up on her word. Yeah. Imagine she showed videos. Exactly. I'd be doing, I'd be doing time in jail right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's not right, mate. I'm actually going, I'm, I'm still on home detention right now as we speak. Because of the AVO. Because of the AVO. I got sentenced to, to nine months on home detention. So but she won't she won't drop she won't drop it. Well, she went to court and to she she made a statement to recant it. The, so they she tried to pull the yeah, they they wouldn't accept it. What they go, no, nah, we're we're going with your original statement, even though she was intoxicated when she said the original statement. So now, so now the police are carrying through the through the court system. Well, it's still it's even against her wishes. Yeah, so it's gone ahead, and when she found out I had a new girlfriend, she come back and recanted that statement again. She said, no, my recanted statement is bullshit, what happened at the start was true. So she lied, lied again, and then lied again, right? And still they believed her over me. I got nine months home detention on an ICO. Then what happened was... um, during the home detention, and with your boys. Yeah, so during the home detention, my boys got handed or dumped to me, and then home detention. The the, the officers, my, my case manager at home detention, took the anklet off my leg because she seen how hard it was for me when we become homeless. So she wrote to the board and said, or whoever she wrote to the courts, and she asked them to to have that removed off my leg. So I got off early, per se because of that. So I'm going for an appeal for, for these charges soon. Of um, you know, so I'm gonna fight the charges, Harrison. I'm not I'm not having that on my record when I know I'm innocent of that. I've done I've done time, I've done home detention, you know, for six months out of nine and then they took the, the thing off my leg a couple of months ago. So I've got one month to I would have had one month to go in June, I would have got off. But I don't even just question, can you take the shower with you? you yeah you can yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a just a side. Um, <laughs> this is totally like left field, but I took my son to the aquarium last weekend, and when I was there, there was a guy with an ankle bracelet on, and I was like, "Why are you at the aquarium? Aren't you at home?" <laughs> like, 
I don't know how they work, but I don't know why they let him go to the aquarium because with me, my situation was I could only go to important uh, for you know important things like go to housing, go to Centrelink, sort yourself out, try to get yourself housed, and things like that of that nature. Uh, there was I wasn't allowed to go parties. I wasn't allowed to go. I could go to work before the boys come to me. I was I was able to go to work and go home, but I wasn't allowed to go anywhere else. No family barbecues, no weddings, no funerals, no nothing, right? But when the boys come to me, they gave me a bit more leeway. Where, yeah. you know, you just go and then call us and let us know where you're going. All right, I'm dropping off the boys at school at this time and I'll be back at this time. And You know, it's a, it was pretty hard. And I think I did their heads in with the amount of times I had to change schedule because of all the different appointments I was having for the boys and then things would get cancelled, things would push forward. So they took the onus on to, to ask the courts to remove it from me as, as a, you know, as a favour yeah, to themselves the and only, to me, I guess. The only reason it was even on there was because of this bullshit Wrongfully statement. accused. Wrongfully yeah. accused and, and they ran with it. Bullshit statement over a bottle of vodka. All right, how about this? This is, this is going to blow you away, right? All right, so this will blow you away, Harrison. Before we walked in that courtroom, before we walked into that courtroom, the copper goes to me, if you agree to the charge, I'll drop the charges to common assault. Now, let me ask you something. If facts are facts, and they're actual facts, how can you change them? Well, why would you want to... Why would you want to um, plead guilty to an assault you didn't commit? Because the copper was worried that I'd get off with after saying my side of the story. And that the fact that she lied, then lied, then lied again. Right? So I guess she was giving me a, like a, a kind of a... Trying to make a deal. Yeah. And I, you know what I said to her? I said, there's no way I'm taking... A, I'm, not, I'm not guilty of anything you're saying. So I'm not taking no common assault. Good. No, nothing. As you should not. So I ran through with it. The, ju- the judge... Loved her. He even said it out of his own mouth. I love the way she conducted herself, this and that. Look, her mum's a solicitor. She probably got connects in the courtrooms. I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there, but I don't know. You know, they yeah, all know no, each other. Surprised me Yeah, they all know each other, man. They all know each other, right? So, favour for a favour, I'll give you this, you give me that, and then blah, blah, blah. Who knows? Who, they're probably in bed with each other. I've seen firsthand how having friends at the top can benefit you in a situation. There you go. So even if you're in the wrong. So I'm a I'm a single dad, got nothing. No, you know, I only had uh, a cheap solicitor at the time. Look, I won't say he's cheap. He he done me a good deal, and he's he's a good solicitor, a very good solicitor. He had no time to prepare, and the judge didn't want to hear it anyway. The judge didn't want a bar of it. He just he just wanted to hear her side of the story. Why wouldn't he? He didn't even want to see her recanted. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Statement. Because I had to fight for that to be to be presented, even in courtroom, in the courtroom. They they were trying to brush it under the table the whole time I was going to court. Every time I went to well, court. Well, her side would have, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. well, yeah, they did. And and you know, I'm saying to the judge, yeah, well, what about a statement? No, it doesn't. Well, how can how if she's truthful, okay? How can she say a statement, then recant the statement, and then go back to the other statement? Either or, she's lying in one of them. She's either lying in the first one and, and the second one's truthful, or she's lied in the second one and the first one's truthful. Either, either way, way, you're a liar. Either way, there's a You're capable yeah. of lying. I stuck with my guns from start to finish. I didn't change my story. I didn't change a thing because I knew I was, I was in the right, but they didn't seem to think so for some well, unforeseen again, reason. Again, the, the underlying... You know, the elephant in the room there is the fact that there is a huge bias towards believing a female, even when they recant their statement. It's 100%. And they, they... It's shocking to me that uh, a woman can make a statement, then say that statement's false, and then say saying the statement was false is false. And that has absolutely no bearing no. on the judicial system. And they want to keep pushing the original narrative like if the, if 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 the person making the statement has taken the statement back and then taken that back again, at the very least it shows a pattern of trying to discredit themselves. Well, well, they're basically proving themselves to be a liar. Correct. You know what blows me away? She even had factual things in the recanted statement, like oh. I, I already had a neck injury because when, when she was in my house and she was drunk, she was walking backwards, she fell over a pair of shoes and she hit her head on the wall, right? And, and she bent her neck a bit. She said that she's got a sore neck. That's why, I think that's why a friend called the ambos for her because she had a sore neck. Three weeks before that, she was in, she was in hospital because of a neck injury, right? So, and she, she stapled that paperwork to the recanted statement. She said, I already had a neck injury. It wasn't from great. I fell over a pair of shoes and I hit my head on the wall. You know, all these things that she had actual proof of. And they still overlooked that and went back to her first statement. And then she went back to her first statement when she found out that I had a new girlfriend. Just to fuck me over, so to speak. You know, because she's really cannot. And she was threatening my friends. She was calling up my wife, sending my nudes to their to my mate's wives. Yeah, you know, and, and nudes, that's the bottom line there, brother. No, well, you know, when you're with someone, you're with someone, you, you know, you don't think ahead. I, I, I'm, yeah, look, you know what, Harrison, I wouldn't do that to anyone. I wouldn't, I would never, I don't have the heart to do that, and I'm not conniving in that way. It's pretty rough to, to, to partake in revenge porn on your ex. <laughs> like, well, she's, pretty, look what else she's, she's throwing bricks through the windows. It's pretty not, rough to, to share that. Yeah, like private. It is, you know, yeah, and it's sad. Yeah. Like, I, I would never think to do that to anyone, no matter what they've done to me. I've got news yeah. of her. I've deleted them all. You know, I've had, yeah, I have, yeah. I've I, had news of her. I've deleted anything I've ever That's had. it. Yeah. Because yeah. if because, we did that, yeah, if yeah. we sent a nude out from a woman, we'd be in jail. Uh, we would be. Yeah, yeah. We would I, be charged. I see, I see your point, 
It would definitely be looked at through a different lens. But a million percent, a, bi- a full total bias lens towards, you know, women against men, men against women. But, you know, what else blew me away was she threatened my friends. She threatened my new girlfriend, found out her address, God knows how, and her phone number, and, and sent her a message saying, I know where you live, I'm going to fucking kill you, I'm whatever. Wow. It, took, it took police. Mind you, before that, I got about 16 event numbers. This set, number 17 done it for me. They went and put an AVO on her, finally. Why? Because my mate's wife and my girlfriend at the time went to the police, you know, worried and, and scared for themselves and for me, saying this girl needs to be charged. She's, she's the, police, the police officer even heard her because I was at a friend's house one night. We were having a party. We, we, got, we got a bit... Um, Tipsy, whatever. I, I'll land a drink on a, on a rare occasion. On a rare occasion. So if I'm, if I'm, you know, if there's a special occasion, I'll have a drink. We got a bit tipsy that night. My friend suggested, my, my friend and his wife suggested that we stay there for the night because, you know, it wasn't safe to drive and whatnot. So we did. They, they had a spare room. We went to sleep. Wake up to the phone ringing. It was my girlfriend at the time. It was her phone ringing. It was my ex-girlfriend. She said, I know who you are, I know where you live, blah, blah. She's threatening her. The girl started freaking out. She's panicking. She's never had trouble in her life. Pretty girl, you know? Anyways, we've gone downstairs to have breakfast and that. And then my, my mate's wife comes downstairs and she's going, what's going on? Because she can hear us, you know, carrying on about something. She's saying, oh, I'm scared, I'm scared. I'm telling her, don't worry, calm down. My mate's missus comes in and says, look, you know, um, what's going on? And then she starts ringing. Then my mate's wife answers the phone. She starts threatening my mate's wife. Then my mate's wife calls the coppers. Lo and behold, they're around the corner. Two minutes, they were at the house. They've come in the house. While my ex was ringing, they've answered the phone. And they go, oh, if you keep calling, we're going to come and charge you. You know what she did that day? She rang the police and goes, that great bashing you last week. They've come and arrested me again while I was on bail for the first time. You're joking. No, I'm not, Harrison. That got thrown out in court in a minute when it come time for the hearing. You had to go to court for that. Bro, I got charged for assault again. 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 I'll tell you what for. She's grabbed my phone one day, right, off my table and ran off with it. She's ran out of my driveway and at the end of my driveway there's a grate in the in the in the um between the driveway and the footpath. Her foot got caught in the grate and she's fallen and cracked her knee. She's blamed me for that. Now, if you've, you've hurt yourself, right? So anyway, I, the, when it comes time for court for that one, I was already on bail for the first alleged assault, right? Before I got home detention. That got thrown out of court straight away. The judge seen right through that one. But it was a different courtroom, different judge. Different courthouse, different judge. He seen right through it. He seen the bullshit. Because she... She, in her own statement, she said one statement, he did it. And then in another statement to police again, she said, no, I did it to myself. I, my foot got caught in the drain and I fell. And then she tried to come through with it again. Another lie. And the ju- this judge seemed right through it. But the, unfortunately, the first lie got through. So they put me on home detention. That's the one I'm on appeal for now because I, I I'm still not guilty of it and I know it. But the system is the system. They don't want to admit that they're wrong because then they have to back... They have to... They have to Surely, one case would 
Well, yeah. this is the thing, right? By the time I got to court, Harrison, I didn't even know because of my friend's statement and my and my girlfriend at the time's statement, they did go and put an AVO on her to protect me. But come to my court case, I didn't even know about it. Neither did my solicitor until after I got sentenced. Now that might have, that may have swayed the judge's uh, opinion a little bit on her, right? But we, no one knew nothing about it. I didn't even know there was an AVO protecting me against that crazy person. You know, I didn't know that. Now I, I say that she's crazy because of her actions. Yeah, you I, know, I, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that from what you've described, um, definitely meets the criteria. So. I mean, I, I just, it's just a lot to take in what you told me because it just sounds like the most, probably the most dysfunctional, abusive relationship I've ever heard. Yeah, and, and I had to deal with it because after the first charge, you know, I've consoled my father who, who I, you know, um, you know, I, I respect his, his, um, way of thinking a lot, you know, he's very, he's very tactical, my dad. Now, even though he wasn't there for us as a kid, as kids, he's there for us now. And I understand he's got his own traumas and childhood traumas everyone, and all that. Everyone, everyone does, man. Yeah. He's an orphan from Lebanon days back in, you know, the 40s where his parents got blown up in front of him. So I understand he's got issues as well in his own way. And, and I, I still love him dearly. He's still dad to me. Anyway, I respect his... Beirut is definitely on my travel to do this. Brother, beautiful. Oh, you won't regret it. You'll be going back. The coastline of Lebanon looks amazing. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous, man. I've been there twice in my life and I can't wait to go back. I want to take my, my fiancé there, you know, have to, when we can. I'd have to Google the, the place, but there's these... They look like, like limestone cliffs and you can... Jump the locals, off. The Pigeon's jump Grotto. Off. It's called the Pigeon's Grotto. Yeah, there's so, some amazing places. Al Corniche. Lebanon sounds um, sounds amazing. What is it? Is it Tri- Tripoli? Is that in Lebanon? Tripoli. Tripoli is one of the cities there, yeah. and then Beirut's a, the yeah, main yeah, city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, the capital, and yeah, I just like to go to these places and just beautiful just be an explorer for a day. You know, just walk mm-hmm. around and. Beautiful. You won't regret it. Yeah, you won't yeah. regret it, Harrison. It's I'm definitely on my list. It's gorgeous, man. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I was consoling that, going back to what we were talking about. And he said to me, look, stay nice to her until it goes to court and she'll drop all the charges and, and then get rid of her. So that's why I kind of stuck with her. That's why I kind of stuck with her, right? I was just being nice to her. But she kept coming over and she knew she had one on me because she had an AVO on me. And I wasn't even allowed to be near her, yet she was coming to my well, house. she comes to your house, so, doesn't that negate, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, well I get charged for it. No, not her, because I haven't called the police and told them, come and get her out of my house. I'm not calling the police, because I'm trying to be nice to her, so she can get, drop the charges for me. You know what I mean? And, and come good with it. But this is the, this is the dilemma, right? She, she always, she knew that she had one on me. Every time something happened, it was always at my house. It was never at her house. It was never I was chasing her. Every time I had to call the police, it was at my house. I was at my house. I was in my home. So why, how am I the instigator if she's coming to my house? And if I'm so, if I'm so fucking rough and I'm a violent man, why are you coming to my house every single day? And you're scared of me. 
and you're worried that I'm going to bash you. Why are you coming to my house every single day and doing and making that trouble that you're making? You know, and that that hurts, man. That hurts, mate. Because I was copying it and copying it and copying it from this bitch. Excuse the language, but that's what I'd call it because that's what she was. Right? I'd cop it from this bitch. And then what, what comes of it for me? I end up in jail. I'm the one with a, with a bloody collar around my leg. Like a fucking dog, you know? I'll tell him where I go, what I'm doing, what I'm eating, what time I'm going to be home. You know? That's not fair. And then my ex-wife comes and dumps the kids on me and then, you know, I become homeless. And then I'm, I'm like, it's all for the women. There's nothing for men. There's not, there's no yeah. one to say, maybe this bloke is telling the truth. Maybe, you know, we should listen to what he's saying because, because look what's happened to him in the process. But I'm, you know what? They've commended me so highly, docs and, and every other department and psychologists and the, and the solicitors saying, man, how did you do that? How did you pull through with that in your situation? Going through what you're going through. And I said, you know what? It's just, you got to have that strength. you got to have it. And you got to have good support around you. Because if, you know, my, my partner now, the, the woman I'm going to marry, if she wasn't with me, mate, I couldn't have done it. You know? It's, it's amazing to me that... Um, She's the best. It's amazing to me that one case gets thrown out in court, right? And yet they're still keeping the original case open. Yeah. Surely if you can prove a pattern of lying and misusing the system, wouldn't that then also, you know, stand to reason that You'd think so. You'd think so, right, Harrison? That what that's what leads you to think there's an agenda. There's an agenda behind it, mate. It definitely it definitely um it definitely does seem like that. And from what you're telling me, the system, you know, because this woman's abused the system, it's just kick the shit out of you. And and the the real the real victims. Look my grey hairs, mate. Oh black last year. Mate, look, the the real sad part is that now, you know, two young boys have been dragged through that system as well. Yeah, but they've got a dad that loves them dearly and, and you know what? I'll, I'll fight for him as hard as I have to. And I'll get them there, you know. I'll get the I'll get the help that they need, and and even if even if it means that I can't get back to work, you know, anytime soon, that's okay. But you know, we'll, are you taking on like little jobs here and there? Trying to, but you know, because of the behavioural issues, I leave I leave them for half an hour, and I'm getting called. Come so back, come back. Like walk me through what does the average day for you look like? Every day. Yeah. An stressful, day. stressful. An average day, like, wake, through so you can get them to school. When, when does your day start? Okay, I'll wake up with the boys fighting around 6.30 a.m. They're punching, <laughs> I mean, they're punching on with each standard, other. I think that's pretty standard for any boys. I know I had, I had a brother growing up and I think we were up at about 6 a.m. and, you know. Punching on. Yeah. <laughs> standard, all right. Uh, look, boys are boys, but when they got some added issues, it makes it, it, yeah, it, it just exacerbates the situation yeah, yeah. pretty much. So, but... There's times where I've gone to the school, dropped them off, not even three minutes later, the school's calling me, come pick up your kids. I can't both, go to days both working. Both the boys one or both, or one or the other. It just right. depends. Some days he's good, he's a naughty. Sometimes he's naughty, he's good. Sometimes they're both naughty together. They run to each other's class and then run out of the class together and then just pinch a scooter from the, from the front office and then ride around the school all day with teachers <laughs> chasing them. 
To them, I mean, it's fun. To be honest, that sounds like shit I used to do. <laughs> but me too, but look, but, but when now now I know what my parents went through. No, no, let me tell you, um, our school, <laughs> our school had a phone. <laughs> this is so fucked up. But our school had a phone that you could call your parents from, and it was like out the front of the sick bay. All right. right? So like, if you if you're really struggling in school, you know, you're really having a bad day. Um, you could you could use this phone to ring your parents and they'd come and pick you up. Nice. And so, uh, the the phone was situated right out the front of the office of all the teachers. Staff room. Yeah, no, it was like the the teachers had an office that they would work out of when they weren't conducting a class. Right? Okay, yeah, oh, no, I know. And what you're so I figured out that I could use the phone to call my mobile phone, and then I would have the number of the the phone saved and I could actually <laughs> call the phone, right? Cheeky bugger. So I would wait till I was in a particular class. I think it was history. And the history class would have a well. direct view of the phone. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what I would do is I would get on my phone and I would ring the phone yeah. until one of the teachers would come out to answer it. And then right as they picked it up, I'd hang up. And then, as they and then, like, because it would take a second to reconnect the call, right? So, literally, as they'd hang up the phone and go walk back inside, (laughs) the phone started ringing again. (laughs) I I had hours of fun in. I never learned. The the, the only thing is, history is actually my favorite subject. All right. But I was so distracted in that class because I had a good view of this phone. And I would just literally make that hour of class so miserable for um it was your fun right it's a miracle i wasn't expelled sooner honestly yeah me too i got kicked out in year 10 they told they yeah, gave same, me an ultimatum yeah, yeah, yeah. they said same. yeah, yeah exactly. either leave either leave when you finish or come back and repeat next year and i said there's no way i'm repeating my ultimatum so. was um <clears throat> basically you you yeah you can the school was, in hindsight, the school was very fair, much fairer than they should have been. They said, like, we don't want to kick you out of year 10 because then you'll get nothing. Yeah. No. So I finished year 10 and then... Well, they basically said, look, you're leaving. You you can't come to the formal or anything like that. You're, you're basically expelled, but... Um, <laughs> we'll let you finish. Yeah, yeah. Time. We're letting you finish the classes. Get your certificate. And then you get your high school certificate. Then you can get into an apprenticeship at yeah. least, right? And, and go on and do that, which I did. So... Um, yeah, in hindsight, it was beneficial. Of course, for, mate. From their end, yeah. for me. But um, looking back now, I, I just completely wasted a bunch of my parents' money on a good school and um, my time. You know, I could have, I could have, I could have spent less time being that young did, fuckwit and applied myself, and I could have achieved anything. But did you? I yeah, had, well, you know, fucked around. May, maybe there was underlying issues that. They now label certain things, but you didn't know about, you know? Well, like, yeah, like I was diagnosed quite late with attention deficit disorder and all that I reckon I've had that my whole life, but, you know, I've never had well, look, the I diagnosis. Think the majority of school kids probably don't want to sit in the fucking classroom and open a textbook to learn, right? And that was just well, me. But you then, know, you know I, what I... When I went in an apprenticeship... Um, you all, all I, eyes I, and ears. I, I, I walked through my apprenticeship. I got signed off early. Yeah, uh, and then I've been running a successful business as a this subcontractor is the thing, ever since. This is what I put it down to. You were that switched on from a young age that you knew what they indoctrinate us with. That school is all a load of bullshit anyway. Well, I just felt like I just felt like 
I could have got the same education from the school system. Same level of education. Same level of education from the school system. Because from, of your attention span? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, but the thing is, um, okay, so, so I'll give you an example, right? Um, there was nothing wrong with my intelligence. So um, I, I only remember one, one, the hardest question from this test, but my, my year 10 science teacher bet me that I couldn't get 100% on a test. And I think, I think he wanted to see... Jane Yard. He was, yeah, but I, th- I think, in hindsight, he was, actually, um, he was actually one of the only teachers that ever saw potential in me. So beyond, was my science the teacher. Bad, beyond the bad. Why is it behavior. science teachers? Yeah. Yeah. And he said to me, he goes, he goes, I bet you can't get 100% on a test. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll show you, right? So I went and studied the textbook for the first time ever, the science textbook. <laughs> and I remember the last question. Oh, they, they, no one got this right in the class. And the last question was, what does DNA stand for? And I can still remember it. It's deoxyribonucleic acid. That's the, that's the well, DNA in our bodies. Right? Well, DNA is a still, lot easier. I still remember it to this day. Deoxyribonucleic acid. Yeah, I still remember it to this day because I fucking applied myself. That's right, it. To this one fucking test. Now you imagine what I could have achieved if I applied myself the way I applied thing. myself to that test through life. Yeah, well, you would have achieved great things. Well, you've got you've got your traits. Now, what would you have done if you, if you continued on through school? I, I feel like. What do you think you I would have like, done instead, Harrison? I feel like people's journeys in life are very personal, and where people go and how they land. You know, um, and your purpose, and you find a purpose yeah, as well. It, like it just didn't interest me. What interested me was getting shredded and banging girls, and so I went and became a stripper. And Mate, you know, awesome. I've, applied, I've applied myself in areas that I wanted to apply myself in. Yeah, and I've achieved everything I've ever wanted to achieve. Well, you've lived your best but life. But they, you know, like some people might look at that and go, "Oh, well, you know, you should have six houses and be driving a Bentley." Well, that wasn't for me. Yeah. What was for me was what I wanted to do. Getting shredded and banging chicks, yeah. which is, you know, what a lot of guys want when they're younger, I guess. A lot of blokes. But what would you have done if you didn't become a trade? If you didn't leave school early, what do you think you would have went for later on if, after um, finishing year 12 I and, really, and really university? To, and, I really wanted to sell houses. I really wanted to be a real estate agent. And so I went and worked hustler. quite young. I worked for a, a very successful real estate agent that's in my family. And um, after that, I bounced around at other real estate agencies for a little while. I worked at McGrath on North Shore, and I worked for some high-profile real estate agencies. Um, but, mate, I fucking could not stand real estate agents. And yeah. I never wanted to become one. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I just I, never... I could understand never, why, but no they, offense to all, are, all of them, but yeah. They are, they are They're like little sharks. The most and, yeah. unlikable group of people I've ever met. Little sharks, eh? Just trying <laughs> no, to get in there. Just, it's a dog eat dog even in their own in their own business against it. Like they're trying to all get on top of each other and get that land that house that you know it's gonna get them paid all the time because they work on a commission base, man. Like most mostly on a commission base. So it's a dog eat dog industry, basically. In there, that's maybe that's what you caught on to and you didn't like it. You didn't like that kind of atmosphere or. Oh, that. Look, I think you're being very apologetic on my behalf. I think, I think, um, <laughs> I think I was just young and cocky and thought I knew everything, and maybe I didn't get the best from people as well. You know what I mean? So like, there's two sides to the coin. 
But I think, um, I think in hindsight, the journey that I've taken in life to get to where I am, I wouldn't change it because of how happy I am now, right? But, you know, our stories aren't, aren't that different in part. You know, I'm not going to try and compare myself to a guy that's been through what you've been through and, you know, now looking after two young boys. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is I see a lot of very similar behaviour across the board in your stories, in my story, and other women, single fathers out there. Women use children as leverage and, and as yes, pawns. And also as, as use, punishment and, you know, to gain certain things. And, and, and also they use the, system, the legal system against men. Yeah, they do hundred uh, percent. But it's it's I, I think it's the legal system's fault because they give them that. It's like saying you know it's like a cocky little kid that that has ten big blokes behind him. He can slap you around and do whatever he wants, and you can't do nothing about it because you know those blokes are gonna pound you if you do. If you stand up for yourself, it's like boom, see you later. And that that's what they're giving them that that kind of push well, I and see strength. That. I see that. And attitude. they go for it. I see that attitude of like you can't touch me, you can't touch yeah. me. Yeah. Because men have absolutely nothing going for them. Nothing. Not even when well, they're down I, and as out. I, as I was about to say, I see that attitude definitely play out in society now. And um, my time on maths definitely highlighted societal issues. So like the, the, the purpose of the show is really to... To discredit just, no, the, real the, men. I think that was their agenda, but I think the purpose of the show is to show relationships in a modern context play out how they would, right? Well, um, in a pressure-free yeah, environment. But and they manipulate they, it to the way they want yeah, people yeah, to, per- to perceive the way things should be. Absolutely. And that's what we've seen right through, the, you know? The show, is always, the show is always bending and twisting to overarching narratives within society at the time. So let's say um, if the focus on... If the focus, for some reason, in 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 societal, you know, just the the, the, the narrative in society at the time was toxic feminine, maths would reflect that. Okay. At the moment, the 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 the, the focus seems to be on toxic masculinity, and so maths really focused on that this year. And I just feel like maths and society—it's a kind of a sounding board to each other where one hand feeds the other, you know what I mean? Like, a, the, the show itself is, is definitely playing into the hands of what's popular because they, they want to maximise the viewership. Yeah, but, but right. in saying that, what I've what I seen them doing as well was they, they're going with, with what's popular, but they're trying to control that narrative as well in, into putting perceptions into people's minds on the way things Absolutely. are and how they should Absolutely. be. And, and, you know, I, we've and seen right through it, man. And in them doing that, they gave a lot of power this year to the women, and I just refused to back down to it because they were women. Yeah, right? which is why I was so villainized. Oh, my my missus and I had your back hundred <laughs> percent. Look, <laughs> I've never watched maths. I never watched maths until yeah. missus goes to me. Oh, there's a guy on there that I know. She yeah. goes, "Come watch." It. I'm like, "No, no." She goes, "Look, just come and watch it." When I seen what was going on with you, I paid attention because mm. I thought, "Hang on." They're doing this all over the place. They're trying to demasculinate men, make us look toxic, and all these other negative things about men, right? And real men. And you had things to say. And I was listening, mate. I was listening, I was watching, and I thought, how they look how they're portraying him, and he's always backing himself like a champion does, but they somehow 
the judges try to manipulate him. The music that they play when the, when he talks, and then the music that they play when she talks. Like you could see right through it, but mm. not everyone has that viewpoint, no. right? Everyone, everyone are like sheep. They're all asleep, and they just follow follow the food. Nah, man, and they go with the with the feed, the chicken feed that's getting thrown out. But the real ones see the real ones, mate. Real lies recognize real lies, bro. It's amazing how often I'll get stopped in the street by blokey blokes, right? You know, big stocky alpha males or whatever. Um, it's amazing how often I'll get stopped in the street. And go, mate, I never watched that shit until you were on it. It's the first time ever I've watched it. First time ever, Harrison, and because you were on there. Yeah, and I'm not just is, saying that to you, but enough. that's the truth. It's <laughs> the truth, man. It's, it's also funny how... We were rooting for you, bro. Like, <laughs> Go, Harry, go, dirty bastards. Look at them talking well, I shit. Think, uh, I think it would have been pretty boring if I was on there, right? I, th- I think they wouldn't have had a show, mate. I think they would. You, you were pretty much the star of that show. You were what everyone hated and loved at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah, look, fair enough. <laughs> it's funny, I went to, I was in Coles the other day, and this, um, this beautiful elderly woman stopped me, and she goes, You're Harrison, aren't you? <laughs> and, I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and she goes, "Hi, it's it's you know it's nice to see that you you're a local in Maruba here." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I love it here. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> want to live anywhere else." And she goes, "Oh, that's nice." And it was sort of the end of the conversation, and I said, "You have a lovely day. Thanks for thanks for saying hello." And she goes, "Oh, you're so much nicer in person." Oh my and god! It was so funny because it was like I'm no different in real life. The, to you what know, you were on, on the, the show. show. Yeah, but the, the audience does not get it through their thick heads. No, things are the, 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 edited. They only showed a small section of me to portray a narrative. Well, were I, the cam- can't, I can't keep saying it. Were the cameras on you 24-7? Pretty much. So how time. can you make a one-hour show, all right, with 24 hours worth of footage? You, you know what I'm saying? You, you pick and you, choose what you, you want. Five seconds here, ten seconds here, five seconds there, and you know, facial expressions. I bet you that you had certain facial expressions regarding one certain thing, but they'd apply it to another thing that hey, someone has I'm, said. I'm and actually glad you brought that up. So people have said to me, oh, you know, I can't stand Harrison's smug smiling every time someone was, you know, relationships falling apart or whatever. If you actually watch the show objectively, you'll see that uh, when I'm smiling, I'm not even looking in the direction of whatever was happening. We like, picked it. Yeah, that's just, We picked it. Me and my missus are looking saying, man, it's not even relating to this. No. I bet you they recorded that 10 minutes ago or, 50, or or an hour ago relating to something else, but they've applied it here. And that's why we'll, we'll get shitty. We'll like, get <laughs> so angry. Man. Like, what the fuck are they doing, mate? Look at it. The manipul- everything's a manipulation. Everything. Everything is manipulation now. And these young... This... this generation coming up have no clue on what's going on because they're brought up into it see it's like a blind man being born blind he, he doesn't know any better but when you can see and then you become blind you're spewing you know because you know what you're missing out on they have well, no idea what they're missing out on you get it reversed and you can see for the first time your eyes it's a big shot yeah and i feel like i feel like um <coughs> i feel like there's a lot of people that go through life and someone says something to them, and all of a sudden, their eyes are open for the very first time. And it's scary, and sometimes they throw themselves back in that safe place where they don't want to know about it. Like, I'll give my sister's a big example. If I start talking to her about anything, I'll give you a a little story. My younger sister and my older sister, so one year above me, one year under me. Uh, 
because we're all a year apart, year and a bit. So my older sister doesn't want a bar of it. The minute I talk, st- start talking anything, your conspiracy theories go away. <laughs> my younger sister used to be the same. When her eyes were finally opened and she listened to her friends, she come up to me a few years later crying and saying, I'm so sorry, you were right about everything and, and I looked at you funny like I thought you were just nuts. But then I'm like, well, why can't everyone see what we see when it's, it's clear as day? But think, what's, what's covered their mind? They've, they've placed themselves in that little safe place and that's it. They're, they're all traumatised. I guess so. They just don't care. Like, people don't... And they don't want to know about it. I had my mum on the podcast last night. We were talking about... God bless your mum, man. I've heard lovely things about her from my missus and her sister. Yeah, I've heard. um, And, and, you know, for copying all all the flack that she copped because she was defending you, and and rightfully so. You know, that's sad that people would attack someone's mother for, for, you know, defending her son in the rightful way. And in a, in, a, in a sensible way as well. Where, you know, I used to read all the comments that, that people used to leave on the page and what your mum used to say on, on Facebook and that. And it's, it's sad that people would even have a go at her. And, you know, I'm sorry that she had to go through that, Harrison. What, but what, she's, what she's parent, a soldier. What parent wouldn't want to defend their kids? Well, my ex is... My ex fucking dumped them because she, she couldn't... Yeah, look, I mean, I'm sure a, if the boys were in you know, trouble, she'd want to defend and them. Look, yeah. I'm, I'm sure too. Look, I, I can't say that... She does love him dearly. She she needed help, but she didn't know how to call out for it. All she knew was. Have you got any advice for guys that um, would be going through a similar situation to what you went through in the court system? Um, get a really good solicitor <laughs> yeah, and, and save yeah. up a lot of money. Yeah. Because yeah, you yeah. know what, money talks, bullshit walks, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, it's you and your little solicitor against the whole D- DPP. And they've got money to back them to the hill. And if they want something done, they get it done. They make it happen. You've got to get a really, really good solicitor. (laughs) Try, look, if you ever find yourself in a situation where something, you know, you're in a fight or an argument, start recording it. Start recording it. That's your only way out of it. It's going to be your only defense. Because word for word, they'll always take the woman over the man. 99.9% of the time, they will. If you've got it on, on video, the police shut their mouth and they say, you know what, we can't we can't do nothing now because he's got it recorded. Shit, spewing. You know? Instead of saying, look, so are you okay? Do you, need, do you need help? Do you need services? Blah, blah. Nah, it's like, oh, fuck it. We can't do charges. Let's go home. You know, they right. probably won't even charge the, the woman. Like, so, like in so my case, when I showed him videos, they did the, nothing. Recording the event is Re- really... Your only way out of it. Look, if you, if you find yourself in a domestic rela- in a toxic relationship to begin with, my advice is get the hell out. Because why is it toxic? You're obviously not friends, you're not getting along, you're not seeing eye to eye. And if you can't be with someone that's not your friend, that's not your best friend, then you shouldn't be together, man. Straight up. I found my soulmate. She's helped me through so much, you know? And if I wasn't for her, I wouldn't know what love is, Harrison. I wouldn't know what a real relationship should be like. You know, because I, I guess the advice I'm looking for is like if men are um, just if, no, if men are learn how to find red flags. Yeah, Learn if men are, are finding themselves in a situation where 
it's escalating into a toxic or domestically pull yourself out mate get yourself out before you don't don't think with your dick think with your mind with your brain you know basically think with your brain man if you can see red flags and you can recognize red flags then then you know pay attention and if you if you don't know how to recognize red flag go learn how to do it because that's so important you know what i've been through so many that's actually such great advice i wish i wish someone had 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 said this on a podcast before really my last two or three relationships i wish i'd listened to this well i've only just learned such great advice is learn what the red flags are yeah learn what they are yeah man learn learn what signs to look for Uh, know yourself know your worth And, and and i'll say this when it comes to women those red flags and those signs to look for are usually very very subtle Yes, they, because they know how to keep it under covers, mate, to keep their man close, you know? But yeah, look for red flags, learn yourself and, and your self-worth. Know what you're worth and, and, you know, if you deserve that type of relationship or not. Look, if you grew up in an abusive household, so that's what you're used to and, and she has as well, then that's what you're going to look for. That's what you're going to be attracted to, you know? Because, like, you know, we're, we're electrical beings at the end of the day. Yeah, and you get, you but, get a lot of your relationships hundred percent but if you if you um want to live a happy life and a good life no no issues no no stress no arguing and yelling and fighting you know it's it's healthy to have a bit of an argument every now and then because not everything's black and white not everything's black and white you know everything's there's there's a bit of gray areas here and there you need to learn each other you need to learn how to respect each other's um, opinions and and you know the way you want to be treated and what what you should um, consider you know controlling behavior or just you know respectful behavior you know there's a big difference between those two things which look I've learned a lot with this with my partner now Jade she's the best she's taught me all this stuff and she's made me a better version of myself because she's showed me the way whereas I never thought about these things before in my life. You know, to, to look at... It's amazing out. how um, you could be in a toxic relationship one minute and then you, you just find your soulmate. Your yeah. The next minute. Yeah, well, mate, look, I, I uh, mum's passed away and she, she passed away just before my, my divorce, but, you know, I, after all this bad stuff happened to me, I was like, mum, please help me find my angel. Then I met Jade, you know? They're it's, out there. Yeah. They are out there. There's good chicks out there, man. I think, I think I've, been through, I've been through a lot, man, so excuse me for tearing up, but yeah, she, she's the love of my life, man. She's my best friend. She's showed me so much, and she stood by me through court. She she listened to what I had to say, and she believed everything that I said to her because she's seen it for herself. She's seen all the evidence. She's seen what I had you know, and she was um, she was surprised too herself, like how the system pushes with women so hard and disregards the man as a human being. Doesn't he doesn't have feelings? Doesn't have emotions? Doesn't have you know? What are we then? Who are we? What are we worth? You know? What are you trying to make us out to be? We are we nothing? Are we nobody? Are we just something that's in the way that you want to get rid of? Like what are we to the system? And that's what you start thinking. You know, like. Well, what are you doing this for? Well, why are we so segregated? Why are we so hated and, and looked at in a negative way when... Because we're men. 
Well, why? Yeah, We're human that's, too. They want to. That's the narrative. Of they want to. They want to put. If you go back, if you went back like eighty years, right, back to the nineteen fifties. Okay. Men were writing the script on what the societal narratives were. Men were in advertising and media, and it was all run by men, right? You go back. Um, you know, you come forward like you know seventy years, eighty years, and where. You know, that, that's completely flipped on its head. You know, now a lot of the jobs in media are women. A lot of the jobs in marketing and advertising are women. But why discredit a man? Why not just do your job and, and make a good show or make a... Why, why go so as, as far as... climb those corporate ladders are the product of second and third wave feminism. Possibly. And now they've got to these jobs where they're trying to make everyone politically correct they're trying to ban words and if you say things that they don't agree with they will deplatform you and cancel you 100 <laughs> percent. so if you're in the media shocking if you're in the media or you're in the public eye <clears throat> you become very afraid very quickly of if i say this or cross this line i could lose this thing that i've worked so hard to get yeah like if you say you know um transgenders for example this this that's, fro- that's fro- i feel like can't, can't go to a church and then it's like why can't they my, my, well, well hang on a second the, the reason is because this is this is a, a, a law unto itself right it's, it's kind of like a guideline a guideline it's a roadmap to a certain place and, it, and it's saying if you want to get to this certain place you need to follow this map now if you come and throw your own roads in there you're going you're gonna to move away from that map. It's not going to lead you to the path you're on. So that's why it's the case. Well, Where, see, that's you know, the, that's the beautiful thing about the platform I've been afforded through Married at First Sight is I don't really have to work to get here. I went on a reality television show and now I have a platform. And so I'm not really as afraid of losing it as other people. Yeah. Right? Like, Make your well, own. I've sort of made a name for being controversial on that show and... <clears throat> And standing up for myself and not, right, not backing down to people. And so this podcast isn't going to be any different. And if you don't like it, don't fucking listen. Simple. That's like yeah. when, when I was on radio, it's the same yeah. thing. The, the, one of the managers at the radio station, I was on the radio years ago, Harrison. I was there for four years. You know, it was a local radio station, but I, I was doing it. And um, it'd be 10, from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. on a Friday night and 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. on a Saturday night. So I had all the party goers listening to me, you know, before they were going to the clubs, and after they finished clubbing, they were listening to me still. So I had the manager call me up and say, why are you swearing on air? First of all, it's after 10 p.m. So broadcasting, you know, the guidelines state that I can swear after a certain time, and I, and I put my warnings out anyway. And I was like, if you don't like it, don't listen. Why are you even listening to my show? Don't you have to go to church tomorrow? And not, not having to go up church girls, but she was, you know, fully in, Fijian woman. She was totally into church every Sundays. Why are you staying up late on a Saturday night to listen to my show when you know I play Easy E and Ice Cube and, and you know, um, <laughs> Big L and, yeah, like, pull proper proper gangster tracks and, <laughs> and you know, and, and I'd play R&B and I'd play, yeah. you know, we had a good, good audience. We had 50,000 plus listeners that would call in and, and give us their, their, um, requests and things like that but yeah why are you listening if you don't want to hear it i don't listen to your show because i don't want to listen to the sunday gospel 
You know, I don't want to listen to that. So I don't tune into that. So why are you listening to my show when you know what it is? It's yeah. straight hip hop yeah, and R&B. My right? show is targeted. Proper. Your, your, your argument was basically my show is targeted towards a specific, specific audience. audience. That's not you. That's so right. Why would I tailor my show to, to you? To cater you just because you, you, you are forcing me to like what you want in life. That's, that's, that's very controlling. It's, so, it's, it's very so controlling behaviour. It's so adamant these days. Yeah, well, I agree, but it's so adamant these days in society where snowflakes don't want to melt. Yeah. And they want everyone around them to pander to them. Yeah, we'll, we'll freeze. Freeze around <laughs> them because they're snowflakes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just pretend we're like you. Oh. Nah, mate. I'm, I'm water. I flow, you know? Oh. Leave me alone. Leave me be. I'm me. If you don't like it, see you later. If I don't so like you, I won't come here. Simple. You're in, a, you're in a better place now. You've got housing. Just last week, we got handed the keys to you're a place. You're taking on work? I can't. I can't. That, oh, my boys, you're taking on sporadic work or look, jobs? Look, I'm trying to here and there. Um, you know, I, I've run my business So, so for, the question I'm essentially make, uh, asking is, um, you, you're making money? No, no. I'm not. I wish I was, but I'm not. Okay. 14 years of running, running my own business, 18 years as a glazier. I can I do my job with my eyes shut. You know, I'm a very skilled glazier. I can do a lot of different aspects of glass and glazing and aluminium work, right? But looking after these boys, Harrison, I've given them oh, all up. I imagine, yeah. And and with the school calling me every hour, every second hour, every ten minutes, I can't I can't land the job anymore. I can't say oh, I'll come and quote you, and then say oh look sorry I can't come to the job. I don't even bother doing the quotes. If it's a family friend or something and I can get, you know, a family member to, to, tonight example, I went to do a small job. It was just a broken window for a friend. An hour into it, into the drive there, my sisters called me and said, come, look, your son's just broken all my vases in my house, smashed them all. Man, what can I do? What can I, what can I do? I, I'm stuck. Until he gets the help that he needs and the therapy that he needs, which is a long wait on, on the waiting list for pediatricians and things like that. I can't do anything, mate. And that's why I became homeless, to make sure that they're okay. You know, I, I stood by them. I didn't let them go, you know. And that's it. That's, I, bought, I ended up saving some money out of um, the pension and, and we got a bit of a hand from Wesley Mission. We bought a car. The blokes told me, yeah, it's, it's been um, serviced and everything and there's a year edge on it. And I thought, man, so I don't have to spend any more money on it. I outlaid $4,500 on this car we got three grand given to us by, by Wesley Mission, which was a blessing, you know, but, um, you know, and on the sticker it said that it didn't need a service for another 6,000 kilometers. So I'm thinking, sweet, two weeks after buying the car, this engine seized. There was no oil in the engine. No. So this guy's lied to me, right? He's saying that it's serviced and whatnot. It wasn't serviced, Harry. So I've had to ask friends and family to borrow a bit of money, which was a little bit here and there, and say and and spend most of my pension last week to pay seventeen hundred dollars for a new engine. We we're left with three hundred bucks to last us for two weeks, you know. And I'm still I'm still struggling. In Sydney, that's just absurd. Mate, and and you know, and and come the next pay, I've got to pay back the people that I borrowed money from as well, which is going to leave us with bugger all for the next few weeks. Right. But in saying that, I don't I don't like to borrow, but. If I have to ask, then I will. Because I've come to learn that if you don't ask for help, you don't get it. Yeah, 100%. and you and you you you're putting yourself under more pressure. That's actually such a great you know, point to anyone to anyone listening. Is yeah. that if you if you need help, 
ask for it. Ask for it, man. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. Look, I've never been on Centrelink my whole life. I've always helped family, friends, you know, people that are, that have needed me. I've always lent them money, been there for them, given them things, bought them things. I've never asked anyone for anything, anything. I've always been the one to give. When it came time to ask for help, man, I, I, I struggled with that, Harrison, because I've never never known how to do it. And I feel real. like I'm, I'm being, you know, um, a greedy person. Like no, I'm asking for something. No, but you know what I've come to learn? When you need it, go for it. Go for it. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. People want to help. Yeah, they're, they're, that's what we have. People, service, people and we have great services out there that I, do I, help. I'd say most people are naturally inclined to want to help someone in need. Mate, like, like me my so whole if life. Good, if they're a good, honest person that's asking for help, yeah. most people will, would want to help someone in that position. Try it. Like, when you see a junkie, you don't really want to help them because you know, no, you're, they're, not you're not, themselves, right? they're not helping themselves. But when... When you see someone that's actually really doing it tough, say, you know what, I'm gonna help this person out because I know they deserve a bit of a hand or a bit of help, you know? Not to discredit the junkies, you don't know what they've gone through in their lives, right? For them to become that way. But at the end of the day, if they're just, they, you can't, you know, it's, it's a rock and a hard place, that one. They've brought it onto themselves, but for no, one knows what reason. It's a message, I think, but, to, um to end on and that is that if you need help ask for it 100% yeah. I agree and look if you, if you're facing, don't be shy if you're facing a you know a, a false charge from a vindictive ex hire a good lawyer there you go mate tonight. that's don't it. give up on your kids and yeah and, and record if, if you're in a if you're in a heated argument with your missus or man get the phone out straight away put it on record Put it on record. Try and stay calm. Try and try and de-escalate the situation instead of aggravating the situation. Try to walk away. Be a bigger person. Bite your tongue and say, you know what? I don't. I yeah. don't want this headache because walking, there's strength in walking away. There's a lot of strength in. There's too much strength in walking away. More so. Yeah. More so than the, the punching out. The most powerful thing you can do is walk away from a, any, a, a any, conflict. Yeah, hundred percent. I I really I, I really um. I really struggled with agreeing with the network to, to keep in when Bronte's sister Kira was calling me a coward for walking well. off, right? I really struggled with that because they kept it in knowing that women would champion a woman standing up to a man, right? And under the right circumstances, I would too. But Kira wasn't doing it under the right circumstances. Kira was doing it to perpetuate a narrative that made sense to the network, yeah. made her sister look good, which was, yeah. Bronte was doing it all from a false platform. But anyone with and then, it. And then to call me a coward for walking away when really like, that's what we should be encouraging men to do. Yeah, like, yeah, right. The easy thing for me to do would be to tell her to shut her mouth and throw my drink in her face. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And then, then you play into the narrative. Yeah, but that's, that's what a weak <coughs> man would have done. Exactly, but that, that's what they... Strong, that's a strong man to walk away from conflict. Man, who, who knows if they've paid her to do that before you walked in there? You know, oh, who knows? I think, I think production definitely set it up. Like, and Bront, Bronte's actually dropped that into conversations that she's had since. Wow, then. you're kidding me. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like... I feel what? like... I just, look, I just got played, mate. And I've just got to learn to live with that. Yeah, well, look, at the end of the day, you know, hats off to you for going through what you went through. You, you, you got pummeled, man. No word of a lie, mate. We watched it happen. 
and and for you to come out the way you have and level-headed and you stayed level-headed throughout the whole thing mate i've got to hand it to you they tried and tried and tried but you've come up good mate and you know what that's off to you man because you're a soldier and and you stood your ground you didn't buckle you didn't back down you kept you kept going and you were you you didn't change for no one or nothing as much as they chopped and edited and, and pasted Mate, you could see right through. Anyone with half a brain could see that. And hats off to you, man, for, for going through what you went through, bro. And you too, man. I just wanted to take a moment again to um, to extend my gratitude for you sharing the story. I know it wasn't easy. No, it's okay. It's but right. going into, you've gone into a very dark place tonight to shed a light on what single fathers go through and how the system and, you know... The, I'm still there, mate. Yeah. We're, we're, just, we're just getting on out. We just got handed the house. We're getting... Bit of furniture donated from St. Vinny's, you know, not everything we need, but it's enough for us to survive. So, you know, got to, got to give it out to the, look, Wesley Mission, um, St. Vinny's, Salvos, mate, they don't just take your money, they actually help people, you know, and I'm not making, I'm not getting paid to say this by these guys, like, there's no way in the world. Lying, cash falling out of the <laughs> 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 Look, chop a block, but no, mate, I'm still, I've, Still got just enough to eat until next Tuesday, which is you know pension day. But you know they really great services. They really do help people, man. So when when I do get on my feet, I will donate. That's okay. Thank you for uh, thank you for sharing. I That's really right. Appreciate man. you and your time and good luck. Just, yeah. You and the boys. Thanks a lot, Harrison. It's good speaking to you, man. You're a champion, bro. Uh, <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> No worries, mate. Anytime. Really Anytime, it. Anytime, bro. Anytime. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.